to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan, fresh off of hip surgery, and Steve <laughs> Peters, fresh off of spending a lot of time in his in-laws' basement, back <laughs> yeah. together in studio for the first time in about a month. I'm super thrilled to be here and even more thrilled to welcome our special guest today, Arizona Coyotes' newest assistant coach, John Madden. John, welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. John, we're going to we're going to get to your role, your background and all that in a minute, but you know, I was I was remembering your career and I was looking through some things and if I have this written down correctly, I got to ask, your I think it was your first full NHL season, you win the Stanley Cup. You're back in the finals the next year. You win it again in 2003 with New Jersey. You win it again with the Blackhawks in 2010. John, do you feel spoiled? <laughs> I, I will. I will say it's a, it's kind of a crazy story. Um, after our first year, and then going back to the finals, like you said, um, I was like, "What's what's the big deal? This is this is easy." <laughs> uh, and then I found out rather quickly it was a it was a after two thousand three. It was quite some time before I got had success in the playoffs, or my team had success in the playoffs. So that reality check kicked in real quick. Just being a part of four teams that went to the finals, three teams that won the cup, though. Do you do you look back on that now and and I don't know what your emotions are, but you must feel blessed in a way because there are guys that never get that kick at the can. Yeah, um, you know I, I look at it all the time, and people ask me questions about it. Um, so the first year I was just a rookie trying not to do anything bad and screw up and and uh, just stay in line, and hopefully Scott Stevens didn't yell at me or one of the other <laughs> players yell at me. And uh, it was great. I was a rookie, and it, it was fantastic. The second year, I played a little bit more of a, a bigger role. Um, obviously, we lost. But in the 2003, I was kind of the forefront of, you know, the most ice time as a forward. You know, maybe I think I may have led the team in points. I'm not sure. And then my last year in 2010, when I was a little bit older, it was just about, again, not screwing up, but keeping all the young guys in shape and, uh, and, and making sure everything's going the right way you know, with limited ice time, but on that fourth line role. So each each step was a different um, part of my career. It was the beginning, the middle, and then the end. And to be a part of it in different roles, uh, I feel fortunate that I was able to do that. Um, I want to ask you kind of about how your career unfolded post-career. You know, right after you retired, you joined the Montreal Canadiens as a scout. What were your goals when you retired? And then how did you get started with Montreal? Uh, well, um, Mark was a, uh, was a, um, I guess he was director of player personnel in, in Chicago. So him and I hooked up a little bit. And then when I retired, I was just trying to keep my foot in the door and stay in the game and learn a little bit about everything. I was living in Minnesota and they hired me to do UFA, uh, scouting for the college ranks. Um, and so it was basically in my backyard. So I just kept busy with it there. Um, that's, that's how I got involved in, uh, in scouting. It uh, parlayed in the next year with Dale Talon calling me and uh, getting me on as a, as a pro scout. And then quickly, I think it was early November, um, you know, they let the whole staff go in Florida. Next thing you know, I was behind the bench in Ottawa and I was going, what am I doing here? But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty remarkable how quick it went. Um, you know, I, I wanted to coach, I wanted to get into all this, but I didn't know it was going to go that quick. And then uh, Gerard Gallant came in the next year. And uh, I interviewed with him. I didn't know him from from anything. So uh, he hired me real quick and kept me on as a staff and then just kept parlaying after that. 
So you played in college, and I've always talked on this show about people that have been through college. College hockey is a lot more learning and teaching because you have practice Monday through Thursday. You've got longer practices and more film sessions. Do you think that helped you make the transition from player to coach going through your experiences in college? I, well, you know, back when I was in college, I graduated in 97. So uh, there was no video <laughs> whatsoever, <laughs> but, but there was a lot of practice. There was a lot of hour and a half, two hour practices, a lot of teaching going on out there. And for me, I, when I got to college, I was 150 pounds. So uh, it gave me some time to, to grow and to learn and, you know, learn the finer points of the game that I had to learn in order to uh, in order to play in the NHL. So, yeah, it definitely helped me. And I think it helps every player it, um, to take their time. And, you know, there's a process to it. And there's everybody's got a different uh, path to the NHL if, if they're going to make it. And I think uh, rushing is the wrong thing to do. John, you, you alluded to this earlier, but I wanted to clarify this. Did you always know it was coaching that you wanted to do? And if so, why? Um, I don't know. I just found that I, I always had a good relationship with coaches and uh, they seemed to, to lean on me a little bit and ask me questions uh, about the game um, when, when things were going crazy out there or they're, you know, they, they're getting feedback. Like I said, there was no video when we, when we first got in the NHL. So it was a lot of feedback, and a lot of talk, and there was a lot of um, – drawing up things and, and, and they helped me, I helped them. Um, but I just felt like I, I, I had a real good, strong grip on what was going on the ice um, in, in terms of like systematic things or what we should do next. And it was always adjustments and I was always about adjustments and making adjustments. So I just found it very natural for me. Um, I don't know why I don't, I, I hate talking about myself in those terms, but it just felt it came easy uh, to me in terms of, in terms of that ability. And, uh, you know, next day I knew I was uh, I was coaching, so it was awesome. So walk us through kind of the next steps as you were going forward into your coaching career. How did you end up um, as the AHL coach for the Blue Jackets organization, and then how did you eventually get to San Jose? Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy story. I was actually in Ann Arbor, um, and I was going back to school to finish. Uh, so I let me correct myself. I didn't graduate in 97. I was 12 credits short. So I was going back to school, and uh, – going to work with the staff there at Michigan um, and I was in Ann Arbor and Patrick Waugh got released or whatever happened in, in um, Colorado and Jared Bettner took the job and uh, I get a phone call from Bill Zito who was the assistant GM there in um, Columbus he used to be my agent and he was like hey you want to come work and I was like no I'm going back to school and he's like come on in just you know come for an interview and see what it's like and, and so on and so forth. So I went for an interview from Ann Arbor with short drive um, and I got the job. Um, so it, it worked out great. And I spent three years, there. never graduated. <laughs> so, <laughs> so good. But uh, yeah, then, then that just parlayed into the next year. Um, San Jose, I didn't know anybody in San Jose. I didn't know any of the GMs. I didn't know any of the staff. I didn't know anybody. Uh, I get a call from uh, Bob Budner one day and he said, I'm looking for a coach. And I was like, well, I'm available. And I did an interview with him, uh, two interviews with him, and uh, I ended up getting the job. So that's how I got to San Jose. That's unreal. But we talk about that in hockey a lot, how it's just, it's those interpersonal relationships and how small the world of hockey is that it just falls this way. And we're going to bring up one of the former coaches here, John McLean, who worked here for years. So we had a we did a little pre-interview checkup on you to make sure you, you passed all the checked all the boxes. And Johnny Mac had nothing but good things to say about you. And I tell you what, he's one of the best guys they've ever had here in the coaches room. 
Have you had an opportunity to sit down with this new coaching staff and, and find out how your personality meshes and how you guys get along? No, not yet. Um, you know, it, was, it came up rather quickly. Uh, again, I didn't know anybody. Billy, Billy and I crossed paths maybe um, a couple of times. Our, both our sons played at Avon at the same time, but never really had any conversations with each other in terms of hockey. We just knew who each other were. And when, when I when I would get to a game or when he would get to a game, because neither one of us were able to get to many games, I think maybe twice we crossed paths there. So I knew him a little bit, but that's it. After that, I, I, di- I didn't know anybody. And, uh, you know, I was quite happy to, to do an interview when I got asked to do an interview. And, um, you know, I, I didn't know Andre at all. Bear, for that matter, I didn't know at all. So it, it, it came out uh, it came out great. We, we, we talked and uh, I must have said something right <laughs> to get the job. And, uh, yeah, we, it just worked out pretty good. I want to get back to the Coyotes in a moment. But I want to look at some of your work at, in San Jose in particular. Obviously, when you look at number San Jose's PK was ranked second in the NHL last season without diving too deep into the X's and O's. What would you say were some of the reasons, what were some of the elements that made that unit successful? Well, I'll be honest with you. Personnel plays a huge role in it. Um, You know, we had guys like um, Middleton, Burns, um, Ferraro, um, you know, guys that really bought in on the back end. And I, I hate the word, I don't like to use the word buy in. Um, they, they really took it upon themselves that if they got scored on, they let the team down. It was more of a personal thing. So I think that plays a huge role. I think anytime I've been part of a penalty kill unit as a, as a player, um, it was personal. It was, if you got scored on, uh, it was, it was very personal. And I think that they put just as much pride in that as, as, as scoring a goal. So I think that was a huge part. I was very blessed with a lot of guys, up front, we had Logan Couture, Tommy Hurdle that were very good. Um, it was among other guys. We used a bunch of guys, but uh, they all were – they took it personal if you got scored on. So I think that's a huge part of it. Without getting the X and O's, I think that's the biggest thing is that if you have guys that really want to go out there and do a good job and uh, take it to heart, they're going to have success. Structurally, is there anything significant that you do different, or do you, do you rely on well-known systems but just – you know, rely on guys being disciplined within those systems? What, what does it look like? How do you break that down? Yeah, I, I think there's maybe only five teams in the NHL. Uh, Carolina is one of them. Um, Colorado used to be one of them, and they changed it up a little bit. Uh, Tampa uses a, a very similar system. Toronto uses a very similar system. And the reason why I bring those teams up is because if you look at all of them, they, they're all in the top ten. Um, obviously, a lot of those teams have good goalies as well, but uh, – <laughs> You know, having said that, it, they're aggressive, just being aggressive. I find that uh, if you leave te- uh, good players, you take a good player and you leave him on the half wall and you give him time and space, he's going to become a great player. Then if you take a great player and you give him time and space, he's going to become an unbelievable player and they're going to pick you apart. So for me, it's about, you know, g- getting aggressive but being smart aggressive at the, at the same time. Well, you look at the penalty kill, we talked about San Jose being second. Unfortunately, the Coyotes had a tough year, not just in the standings, but in, but in the penalty kill as well. You know, they were the bottom third of the league. They finished the league in 20th on the PK. Have you had an opportunity yet? And we talked about film in college, but have you had an opportunity to take a look at the Coyotes PK? And do you see some bright spots that there's maybe some areas that you, that you can help improve upon? Yeah, I mean, I haven't really dove into it too much. But uh, two years ago, when obviously when we were playing um, with COVID, we played them a lot. We played them eight. I think we played them eight times to yeah. be exact. Um, so I got to really see a little bit of their PK. Uh, obviously, there'll be a change, in, in my opinion, in the neutral zone. 
be more of a one three rather than a I don't know if they call it a moving box. Um, so that will help out. I think, in my opinion, I think the one three uh, generates better kills um, and better, you know, it's better against zone entries in terms of a, a drop pass or so on and so forth. But we're getting into a little bit, a little more detail. But uh, I just think overall, I, I think at times there was there was a lot of passiveness, and I, I don't want to see that. I'd rather see guys make a, an aggressive mistake rather than being on the the passive side and you know, having to eat a lot of pucks and, uh, you know, block shots all the time. Okay. I don't want to give any secrets away on how to, to defend against or, or to play against your penalty kill. But one thing that bothers fans of this show and people that read Craig's articles, and honestly, a lot of hockey fans, the drop pass on the power play, it, it slows the game down. I, I can't stand it. But anyway, the drop pass of how do you defend? Because everybody does it. Everybody's got a single drop or a double drop. They got two guys, one guy. How do you defend the drop pass on your PK up ice? If you don't want to give secrets away, that's fine. But how do you defend that? Do you do, do you sacrifice F1 and put them in behind? Or do you just take it soft and let them come at you? I'll give you the the, the Cliff Notes or the Coles Notes, depending yeah. on what part of the world you're in. You're, you're from, um, I, I try to get the puck out of the, the, the puck carrier's hands. Just say, for right. example, Cal McCarr's got the puck, right? And he wants to drop to McKinnon. I try to get it as quick as possible out of his hands, like before the top of the circles. So now they can't generate as much speed up the ice. That's my first theory of the whole the whole thing. Obviously, when you're dealing with different personnel, Cal McCarr could take the puck end to end if he wanted to. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, you, you have to adjust uh, in terms of what, what you're thinking is, Every team has a different, uh, you know, type of personnel. So that that being said, so at least when McKinnon gets it, he's at the bottom of the circles. He's not yep. coming up the ice, you know, 100 miles an hour because you can't – I mean, he skates 100 miles an hour anyways, and then it becomes very difficult. Uh, the, the thing about the drop pass to me is um, once he, the puck gets in his hands, there there isn't a whole heck of a lot he can do. He doesn't have many options. It seems like everybody else has stopped. So it becomes, again, you know, one against four in my opinion – so if you can put some good pressure on them, dot lane pressure, hold the lines, make them dump it in, and make them go get it, you'll have success. You mentioned the importance of personnel to, to the system. Do you look for certain types of players? Like a, a few years ago, we saw a very effective PK here with Michael Grabner and Brad Richardson at the top. Uh, they were very aggressive, pressured a lot, scored a lot of shorthanded goals. Do you need players like that, or can you, can you fit different types of players into your system? Yeah, I think in my system, I, I we have to have at least six to eight penalty killers up front, and we got to use almost all of the back end because it's very aggressive and it's very taxing. Um, a couple things that I, I I think about is, you know, we any team struggles when you get in the six seven PKs a game, which you just can't you can't do it, you know. So I think being disciplined in that manner, keeping around that four five would be stretching a little bit. But having different players, I like players that. Uh, have an offensive flair to them when they're on the ice and that can score goals because it keeps the other team on their heels a little bit in terms of like, Hey, if we, if we get careless and we turn it over and they get nerve, you know, we, we can go out and score a goal against them or, or take the momentum of a game over. Um, you know, I, I, I scored shorthanded goals as a, as a player. And I thought it was one of the things in talking to other guys is they, they said, man, every time you're on the ice or anytime you have people on the ice that want to score goals against you, you can't get careless and it puts things, you know, in a different perspective um, than, than, than it would if it was someone else that didn't want to score a goal. 
So you were a forward in your career, but you actually coached the defenders in San Jose last year. Was that something new to you or had you coached defense before in your you know coaching career? I did it the two years I was in Florida with Gerard Gallant um, and we had a lot of success with it. I, I know people keep constantly when I did other interviews, they, they asked me that question. And I'll be honest with you, um, being a Selkie Trophy winner and playing a lot in the jersey system um, under Larry Robinson and certain guys, I just kind of adapted to the D zone system. I mean, other than taking a, a rush, you know, a one on one rush. Playing down low is the same thing. It should be the same thing as a low forward and the D-man um, killing plays in the corner. There should be no, nothing different. Your stick's in the right spot. You're angling people. You're keeping them on the outside. You're boxing out in front of the net. So there's a lot of similarities, in my opinion, are actually very, very similar. Um, so I think it's just the same for, for anybody that's playing low with a D. You've got the same uh, concepts involved. Yeah, we talked a lot this, and I know you weren't here last season. We suffered through 82 games of Coyote hockey, <laughs> and and it defensively was an issue. There was a problem in the defensive zone that 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 you you brought it up as a system that I'm really excited to see you add some just new ideas and thoughts. It was, you know, it is personnel related at some point, but I'm excited to see how you you take over that and and. I've always heard coaches say, well, he's a defensive coach, like Dave Tippett. Oh, he's a defensive coach. And talk, it's not. Well, kind of depends on who you coach. Like Dave yeah. Tippett with yeah. McDavid didn't look too defensive to me. <laughs> I do think with your background, core defense, everything starts from there. You don't win championships without being able to defend. So do you think the New Jersey system just lends itself? You're just more aggressive? Or, or can you speak to the time you know, how you defended in New Jersey and how that's carried you through to today? Well, I think people overlook and they, they call it a trap. We've never called it a trap in Jersey. In fact, in 2003, and you can, you can check me on, fact check me on this one. I think we were the number one team in the league or at least top two at scoring goals, goals four uh, in 2003. So people forget about that, but I, I just find it being aggressive. Like I'm a defensive minded guy because I believe that you need, like you said, you need to play from your goalie out and defend well in order to win. That's just to, and care. Um, but at the same time, I did say on my penalty kill, I want to be aggressive and score shorthanded goals. Sure. So there's, there's a combination between what people think is being too defensive and being, um, you know, aggressive. And I think that's the, the, the common theme is to find that, that happy medium between the both where you're not reckless, but at the same time you're, you're aggressive to the point where, it puts people on their heels. John, do you know, in fact, that th those roles you had in San Jose are going to be your roles here in Arizona? Has that been discussed yet and, and hammered out? Uh, no, not yet. We haven't got into complete detail of it. I know I will be uh, running the PK uh, for sure. And then I think, uh, you know, Bear and I need to sit down and figure out uh, all the other details of it. We just, uh, things got going pretty quick here for us. Can you give me some a little more insight into this hiring process? You mentioned that you didn't know Bear. How did how did it all come about? Like from from start to finish. Um, I, I think I had a few people. Well, I shouldn't say I think I know. I had a few people that were close to Bill reach out and just say that. Uh, and I was interested. I was available, and then I I did it myself. I reached out with a phone call, left him a message saying I was interested, um, and I just wanted an interview. And from there, the interview process went. Two days interview, uh, did a Zoom. I did a phone one first and then I did a Zoom, extensive Zoom. I think it was at least an hour long. Um, it's probably the longest interview I ever done in my life. <laughs> uh, 
And uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, when I got off the interview, I wasn't too sure because there was some very tough questions and there was some, uh, you know, there was some good questions too. So I was like, huh, I wonder how I, I wonder how I came off. Uh, and like I said, I've never done an interview like that before. So <laughs> it was pretty extensive. Uh, Bill and Bear put me right through the, the ringer. Uh, I, I tell you what, when I was done, I was supposed to go golfing. I actually canceled golf because I, was, <laughs> I wasn't sure what just happened. So, uh, <laughs> Do you have any connections to Arizona just as a, or Phoenix or Scottsdale as a, as a city or state? And had, have you found a place to live yet? Have you spent much time here? Um, you know what? I, I was lucky. I shouldn't say. Yeah, I guess I was lucky. A few years ago, I remember when I was in San Jose, we um, we did our training camp there and we had to oh, stay yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Right our so that, uh, you know, being a month there, I got to learn a little bit about the area and where I wanted to go um, and and so on and so forth. So it was kind of good to get a good bearing. Normally, you're in and out, right? You, you, you fly in, you play a hockey game, you go out to dinner at steak 44 or whatever and then you're gone the next day so it, it, it this was great to actually get a good feel of it so that's my extent of, of, of being in arizona do you have a place to live or is that still coming not yet okay. not yet we're still looking by the way yeah. that little gym that you guys use next to the ice den they still have the san jose sharks banner up in that gym i, I was in it just a really? little while back really? yeah so haven't haven't cleaned that out yet yeah, yeah you'll still be used to years. driving back to the rink in the golf carts because that's coming you're used to it though so no big deal yeah all right. Uh, no, uh, the last thing for me, what's next? So you're still at home. When do you get to Arizona? What is your plan? Have you started getting ready for coaches meetings? Have you got those meetings set? Training camp of all those things to come. What's next for John Madden? Uh, right now, um, I'm going to start packing up this place that we're, we're living in right now. That's my first and foremost. Uh, yeah, we're trying to get there probably right after Labor Day weekend and, and get settled in. Um, it's just going to be the wife and I, um, my daughter's basically off in college. My son's playing for the, uh, LA Kings or Ontario team. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're just, uh, just going to be the two of us. So, uh, we're going to get in there and get settled and, 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 you know, put some roots down and, and, uh, start grinding. But, but four dogs too, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the big part when you're trying to find a place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh is that, what gosh. does that look like? You can't fly with four dogs, right? No, no, there'll be there'll be an extensive two day trip with me in it. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> any any other no, questions? I'm good. John, thanks for doing yes, this. Yes, thank you so much. Um, great talking to you. Great meeting you. And hopefully, we'll get to talk to you again. And hopefully, have you back on our show when once the season gets underway. Best of luck, John. Uh, I really appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Appreciate thanks so care, much, John. John. Thanks again. Awesome. See, that, that's care, guys. That's what you want to do. You want to get to know the people and feel like they're just people. You know what I mean? He's got four dogs. I already feel like I know. Yeah, like what a good guy. Yeah. I think it's I, I think it's good to to put new blood into a coach's room. I think it's good to make changes inside a coach's room. I think again, I'm gonna soapbox for a minute. I think sometimes coaches' rooms can get stagnant. And what happens when they get stagnant, unfortunately, the one that goes is the head coach. If the head coach is open and willing to to bring someone in and get new ideas, fresh ideas. I think it can help them be a better coach. And I think it give them some longevity in the game too. So I think this is a great move by the Coyotes. I'm excited to see what his defensive zone philosophy is, how it matches with Bear, how they can work through it. It's ultimately it's Bear's team. He's the head coach. But but can John Madden instill some of those Selkie trophy winning, you know, skills and help this team defend better? Yeah. Maybe. And it's funny to talk about an elite PK, right? Like that's yeah, it's not what you usually hang your hat on, but 
Coyotes fans remember what yeah, it looked like when Richardson and Grabner were at the top. Nick Nick Yalmerson was down low. I mean, that was that unit was fun to watch yeah. when they were on the ice. So PK and, can be an exciting part of the game and, when it's when it's good. And literally, all we've been asking for is just exciting hockey yeah, to watch. Something. We we Give know us something. yeah, like we listen. We know this is going to be another year, much like last year. We're going to suffer. They're going to lose a lot, but. Like we said all year last year, they just we just need it to be interesting, competitive, entertaining, and and we'll see what happens. And I'm really excited. It was really great talking to him. And I feel like, like you said, PD, just to have some new perspective. Yeah. You know, Phil Housley was part of the coaching staff prior to Coach Turini. So, you know, he was kind of tying on to the, the not the old way, but just like the old regime. And this is kind of now the first breath of that that new life and who knows maybe he'll be you know be part of this coaching staff when this team starts to get competitive we'll yeah. see what happens but yeah and i wish i would have asked him about the new arena what are his yeah. thoughts and I was gonna say that won't be the same as last year yeah, yeah. definitely yeah, <laughs> yeah, any thoughts on that so that's the only one i missed and Eli river arena is moving on as we discussed. i saw yes. that and, and caleb <laughs> caleb brought it up i want i want to know how we got into the football video game business that seems to be doing pretty well yeah that god imagine John having Matt. that name probably no. hasn't been asked probably not the same guy before. no yeah <laughs> when you have to, when you google him you have to do john madden hockey, hockey. yeah, yeah. Well, you can imagine him like if he's doing the telestrator for players or yeah, boom that's <laughs> yeah, awesome no, i would no. totally would oh, anyway they probably would half those guys probably don't even know who know john what that madden is. don't know what that means yeah. yep like who yeah, I mean, I know who John Madden is, but I didn't get that reference. So, okay. yeah, there it is. There it is. Um, well, it's 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 August first, which is crazy. The year's flying by. There's not a ton of NHL to bet on this month. Um, World Juniors are coming up though, so that there's already odds on DraftKings for that. There are NHL future odds on DraftKings as well, so you can bet on plenty of hockey, but you can also bet on baseballs going on, WNBA, soccer. I'm, like obscure things like cornhole literally anything you want <laughs> literally wow. um so just because it's kind of dead season for hockey fans basketball fans there's still plenty to bet on so if you haven't already make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use the promo code PHNX make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 that's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details we're all back we are. We're all back in studio. First time in a month, you said? First time. Literally the last time was July 1st, and today is August 1st. Here we are. And here we and, are. And Petey brought Pellegrino. I did. In honor of Craig and his hip surgery. And, and yeah. Craig, well, I'm I, alive. Let's hear so, Let's hear How'd that. everything go? How was it? It was efficient. Mayo is, Mayo is unbelievable. So you have to call the night before to find out when your arrival time is for surgery. And I called, and they said my check-in time was 5.30 a.m., <laughs> Which was pretty rough. So we had to get up at like 3.45, get ready, get up to Mayo, check in. But I'm in I'm in the pre-op room by 6.30. I'm in surgery by 7.30. I go into the room. They're like, okay, we're going to do the spinal. We're going to knock you out. And that's the last I remember. I was like, I was, I, I was looking around this <laughs> massive room with insane amounts of equipment and insane amounts of people there. And then 30 seconds later, I was out. I woke up. I was in the recovery room. And then it's just... It's a matter of of waiting for you to pass these benchmarks where you have to eat something, you have to drink something, you have to pee on your own, and you have to be able to move your legs, move your toes. And that was we I did was telling see the guys, wiggling yeah, toe yeah, video. Yeah, I was wiggling the toes. <laughs> and then by two thirty in the afternoon, I was walking out of mail. That's unbelievable day. to me. Unbelievable. Phenomenal. Yeah. So, is it better? 
Well, not yet. It's not. I mean, if you look at my legs side by side, this one's like one and a half times the size of the other one. It's swollen. Yeah. I've got a big incision, but. We're hoping the pain and the amount. Oh, that everything's the better, right? Is, yeah, I'm on. I'm, it's but how many days out? Right, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Were you in four days out? Four though. Four days out. I'm off pain meds now. Yeah. So four I mean, days out. By and large, I'm still taking like Tylenol. Are you gonna, uh, can we expect but, you back in the net anytime soon? No, that's not <laughs> no. No. I can't no do anything back. strenuous until PHNX oh. has moved into its new office. <laughs> can you imagine that around the house? No, that's honey, what my doctor told me. Oh no, honey, I can't. Can you help? No, can't. Can you help with it? Nope. Can't. That's literally two. We are so we are moving. Yeah. If, ever, if people don't know, we're moving offices in literally two weeks from today. And Craig just had yeah. nothing to can't. do with my schedule. Yeah, sure. I also Pete. just scheduled a hip surgery. Petey's <laughs> like, Shut actually, up. I'm going back yeah. to Iowa. Back to Seriously, I missed that. I've been gone for two months, and you couldn't move then. Literally, because uh, like we literally have to take everything, right? Yep. Yep. Um, how was your Good luck, guys. how was your road trip back, Petey? So, do you know that's a long way? <laughs> It, it is a lot. So, buddy, the, there were two consecutive twelve to thirteen hour days oh. behind the wheel. Did you take turns with your no. wife? No, you I drove the whole time. Yes, she didn't drive once. No, I'm driving. I'm familiar with that process. I'm driving because you insist, or because she doesn't I want to. Uh-oh. No, she'd always ask, "Can I drive?" No, I'm driving. I'm driving. I, I, big, honestly, the biggest reason is we travel with the dog, and I don't want to deal with the dog because <laughs> the know. dog's a mama's boy, and he's sitting on her lap. And so, if we switch. He's not going to sit in my lap. He's going to try to get in her lap because she's driving. And why? No. So I'm just, I'm going to drive. The problem was the second day was really, really, really bad weather Oof. from Amarillo, Texas. We started oh, in Amarillo, Texas by the way. Oh, and, and finished here. So that's through. That's a pretty route too. Very beautiful. New Mexico is not bad. Oklahoma, <laughs> Texas, horrible. West Texas but is through Payson, maybe the snowstorm. Did you just snowstorm. say New Mexico is not that bad? For It's it's kind well, of pretty after coming you leave, into... After you leave West Texas, New Mexico is looking pretty good. Albuquerque. I, I don't mind Albuquerque coming in and out of Albuquerque. So then here's, the, uh, I'm going to tell you the worst part because there are more bad parts. <laughs> so the weather sucks. Got that. All this travel. Get up the next day, exhausted, still in the wrong time zone, 24 hours behind the, the wheel. My wife says, the garbage disposal is not working. I said, okay, but this happens before things get stuck. You push the button on her. We're good to go. That doesn't do it. So I turned the water on. I looked underneath the sink. Literally, holes in the garbage disposal. Water is <gasps> shooting out underneath the sink. Okay. Shooting out. So this isn't something that can wait because now we can't use the sink, the dishwasher, nothing. Right? So have you ever put in a new garbage disposal? No. No. I hadn't until yesterday. And now I have. Wow. So if anybody needs help with their garbage disposal, there it they is. can call me. It's not as hard as it sounds. Wow. Under a half hour. Boom. Look at that. New garbage bowl. So there you go. See, that you was had, my You had quite a weekend. Home. Welcome home. Yeah. Welcome. And there's Welcome a lot home. more shit Everything's like that broken. going on. A lot more like it. But do you know what I did the first thing I walked home that night, Saturday, when I got home? Open a Kilt lifter. Yeah. I swear. <laughs> I swear. I swear the first thing I did is open a kilt lifter. God, nothing feels better. Like you finally get somewhere after driving. It's just like yep. you, you don't have to worry about not drinking because you're dri- like you just get I'm home. There. Done. Kilt lifter. Love it. I've been waiting for my four peaks for two months. Love it. Well, okay. And when can you drink again? Soon. Okay. Well, as soon as you can. Maybe next week. Okay. Maybe next next week. week. Maybe next week on one of these shows, we'll just crack one open. I was going to today, but why not? We have this voice, by Wednesday. I know. Are we here Wednesday? We are here Wednesday. Are we here Friday? Don't use that. (laughs) (laughs) It's not what my kids are saying. (laughs) 
um well yes we love four peaks um glad that you got to enjoy some when you got back and uh we need our next winner of the toast of the month sweepstakes we crowned our winner at four peaks wednesday last week um so enter the toast of the month sweepstakes now at gophnext.com or click the link in the show notes um winner gets gift card merch from the locker all that good stuff um and and we love four peaks but you must be 21 and older to enjoy it and enjoy responsibly and also i want to tell you about foco we are partnering with a leader in sports merchandise and collectibles foco's got you covered with the best arizona merchandise they've officially licensed gear for men women and kids and everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to crocs head on over to foco that's f-o-c-o.com or click the link below in the description for all non-presale items use the promo code phnx for 10 percent off by the way we ran our poll of the hashtag for the season. Oh, Craig wasn't there. Yes, Craig wasn't there. Surgery. So, Craig, what, we read all the hashtags on the show, and we decided we were going to do it bracket style and pit them against each other. Um, so we got some good responses. The first round of polling closed. I have to find the results, but we'll post the next poll later in the week, you know, m- move everyone forward. People were loving Sean's shit the bedard <laughs> yeah <laughs> but a lot of people were saying i don't know if i can cuss yeah. in it yeah i don't we have to i, I also don't know if connor bedard ever saw how much he would be a fan of shit the bedard yeah <laughs> yeah also the fact that collapse for connor lot we might have to rig these votes because yeah, I like collapse for connor, oh but dishonor for connor i like that one too yeah i like that one so the ones moving forward are dishonor for connor shit the bedard bomb for bedard and Everyone's personal favorite. Hashtag, it doesn't matter. The league will screw us for the Hawks to get Bedard. So (laughs) we'll see. We'll see how that moves forward. Um, So that'll be later in the week. But can we tell everyone what we're doing tomorrow or is it a secret? No, we can tell. Okay. So speaking of Craig's rehab of walking, we will be walking plenty tomorrow. Yeah. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. The three of us are going to ASU's multipurpose arena. We're getting a tour, behind the scenes tour of the arena, and we'll film video content. And then on Wednesday's show, we're just going to talk about what we saw and have some videos and pictures. Story as well. Yep, to share on Wednesday. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting in there. I've never even. I never even drove by it until the other day, so I'm really excited oh, yeah. to get inside. Oh, yeah, Craig and I got the sneak preview. Yeah, you got the... Are the, the elevators working? Oh, shit. There's one working. Okay, so that's So you'll need, need that. Yeah. I was going to say, because last time we walked a lot of stairs, and that is not conducive for hip surgery. No. No, I won't be doing stairs. No. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what we're looking like. Because <clears throat> I tell you what, ASU hockey season's right around the corner, too. So there's... I mean, hockey is... It's August. Yeah, it's, it's coming. Like start of October for ASU, so I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to this. Two yeah. months. Two months to October. Really... I know it's it's not something that they're looking at, but I hope at some point they do a doubleheader. I want to cover a doubleheader, like an ASU game yeah. in the day or Coyotes game in the day and <laughs> another game at night. That would be a blast. Yeah. Is Greg Powers going to be around tomorrow? Do we know? Not sure. I haven't talked to him yet. Yeah. Just checking. Yeah. Other officials will be there. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. So you'll want to stay tuned. Um, follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes mm-hmm. and follow, subscribe to our YouTube channel, PHNX Sports, because we'll have 
tons of stuff maybe not all tomorrow but definitely tune into the show wednesday and then we'll have some behind the scenes footage so i'm really excited to get in there and we'll kind of get start get our first real sense of what seeing a hockey game in there yeah is not be virtual like. right like yeah. it's on the yeah. virtual tour and now we're going to see the real thing with and the, the test ice is down yes. so there's yes. ice in the building so locker room really, all that stuff yeah. it's, it's going to be really it's cool really exciting it. i'm really looking forward to yeah. it man all right well is there anything else anyone wants to talk about before we head out i'm Just, good just that you mentioned World Juniors, and I haven't oh. received definitive word on this, but it, and this is not going to be a surprise given the injury. It doesn't look like Dylan Gunther's going to play Bummer. in the World Juniors. So too bad for him. I know that's something that he wanted to do, but best to uh, rest up, get healthy. Yep. Well, we'll see if any Coyotes prospects are part of the team. Yeah. So and yeah. we'll follow along. I'm sure we'll have some shows about that because it'll be fun to have some hockey in August. I know. Are you able I'll- to watch it anywhere if it's if it doesn't involve Canada? NHL the World Network? will be on, right? Yeah, they'll be yeah, on, be on NHL the NHL Network. Network. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. Linka's you can't watch the Linka no. anywhere. Yeah, but it's, it's fun to watch hockey in the summer. It just reminds me of a couple years ago when they resumed the NHL playoffs in the summer, and how fun it was to watch hockey in yeah. July and August. So, oh yeah, PD had a blast in the bubble. We matter of fact, it, we haven't. Craig wasn't here for our stories from the road. We need to have one just episode about the bubble. just about the bubble because I've got pictures and videos. Yeah, <laughs> like people might. Oh, that'd be great. No, it's not. The, unbelievably fortunate and lucky to have that moment in my life. But boy, did, did there are some challenges in not, yeah, getting outside for thirty days. Yeah, so we'll we, talk about that. We will. Yes, we. If you haven't listened to our Tales from the Road episode audio episode from Friday, it's hilarious. I was so entertained by all of PD stories, and we're gonna make it a series because we had so much fun um, for the rest of the summer. So be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast and leave us a review if you're willing it helps us out a ton and be sure to follow peach and exports across all show- social platforms we got coverage of all the sports cardinals training camp is going on um, we got our crew out there every single day so follow along peach and exports subscribe to the youtube channel and follow us on twitter at ph and x underscore coyotes pd has a plan for his dance Hopefully, we'll yeah, be I'm executed show it soon. Right after this, I'm going to show you too. And we are currently at the time of recording. We have 3,637 Twitter followers. D backs just passed 4,000. <sighs> we need to catch Which, them. Yeah, that doesn't make us happy, to be honest. So please. My voice again. Yes. Share, share the page with your friends and family. Create bot accounts. I don't care. <laughs> we want to hit 4,000 followers on Twitter. It would mean a lot to us. If we could do it even before the season started, I think that would be a great goal. So make it happen thanks so much for tuning in thank you again to coach john madden for joining us looking forward to meeting him in person in a little bit here we got august and then september and we're already at training camp and rookie camp and preseason. so kind of one more month slow you roll there slowly roll let's let's enjoy this yeah that's a little i'm ready you're ready i'm ready i'm ready for hockey to be back this tragically craig the tragedy <laughs> that was good, Caleb. Caleb's on it. Oh, always on and it. And Tyler said that those USA games on Holinka are on today. On right? the NHL yeah, Network. Nice. Okay. So, so there, there you can you do that Thanks, later Taylor. when you're just chilling at home, just resting chill. your hip. With my leg up. You're just doing laps around your Talking living room. Talking like this to my kids. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll have an audio episode tomorrow. We'll be touring the arena tomorrow. And then Wednesday, we'll talk all about it. So you'll want to tune in then live at 11 a.m. on on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Till then, enjoy the rest of your day, everyone.